I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become a hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. It is The Real Brian Show. Welcome back. Mad Flow Wednesday, hump day, or, you know, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter, but I am so excited because, as usual, I've got a special treat for you. Chatting with Andrea Drapal today, and not only an actress in shows like Covert Affairs, Beauty and the Beast, The Expanse, but just an awesome person with some incredible encouragement to share with you today. Let's rock it! I got to say, I, you know, it's it's beautiful outside. Glorious day. But I'm just so thankful you joined me. So thanks for being here. I'm the real Brian. And, you know, Wednesdays, we get to have some fun. We get to chat with awesome people, get encouraged to learn something. Have a good time. That's, that's the plan. Hope your week's going well because, you know, it's we're halfway through the week. And I know some of you are like, oh, my gosh, when's the weekend coming? You know, here's the thing. I don't want you to live for the weekend. I mean, maybe you do, but I don't want you to do that. I want you to live for each day. I was actually, you know, uh, the, the other real Brian with the Y from last Friday was on. And, you know, he and I were chatting a little bit and he said, you know, every day is a weekend. I said, I like that attitude. That's fantastic. You got to go with that. All right. So, uh, you know, realbrianshow.com. That's where everything happens as far as show notes. You can get in contact with me, all of that good stuff. And of course, we'll have the show notes for today's episode. So if you want to check out what Andrea is doing. It's awesome. And, uh, you know, we'll have links to uh, everything that uh, if you want to get in touch with her and that kind of stuff. So check it out. But I'm so excited because I was actually introduced to Andrea by Lee Steven. If you remember him, episodes two and three of The Real Brian Show, author of the epic series, a lot of sci-fi books, and he's working on this new project too that we're, we're hopefully going to bring him back on here shortly so that we can actually reveal it because I'm, I'm excited about that one. But he introduced me to Andrea and uh, Andrea Dre Paul. She's been in roles, as I mentioned earlier, various shows and films like Beauty and the Beast, Covert Affairs, The Firm, Warehouse 13, Kevin Hill, Trading Water, and just recently The Expanse, just to name a few. She's done a lot more than that. She works also with Michelle Morgan, which we'll talk about here shortly, on a new project, and I'm excited about it. It's going to be awesome. And she's going to be sharing a little bit about her journey as an actress and some fascinating insight into the world of acting. And she's got some beautiful nuggets of wisdom and encouragement to share that will definitely rock your day today. Andrea, welcome to The Real Brian Show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. So Lee Steven connected us and, yeah. you know, he's like, you got to talk to this person. I, oh, OK, OK. You know, I usually listen to Lee. He's, you know, he's a good guy. <laughs> he is a great guy. He's a great guy. <laughs> and it was cool. And he's like, no, check her out. Seriously, she's got a great story. So, wow. Really yeah. appreciate you uh, being on the show today. Of course, I'm happy to be here and share a little bit of my story and my journey. <laughs> so this is interesting. Now, you and I were chatting a little briefly before getting on and everything about uh, how you met Lee, but it's a cool story. So share it a little bit. Yeah. So I first met Lee Steven uh, while I was working with my joint business venture partner, Michelle Morgan, who plays Hillary Curtis on YNR. And we had gotten together and we wanted to write a television series sort of based on spirituality and faith. 
sort of coming together and bridging that gap between those two types of belief systems. Mm -hmm. And we looked at each other and we said, well, we've never written anything before. So how are we going to write this show when we've never written anything before? So it just so happened that Lee Steven had reached out to Michelle because he had written a, a character in one of his epic books about Michelle. So he, he happened to reach out to her. And so we had that connection. And so Michelle said, hey, I happen to know the perfect writer to help us with this. Um, and so we reached out to him and we've been working with Lee for the last four years. That's awesome. Yeah. And so we're developing right now. We currently have a production team in place here. Uh, the show is called The Awakening. Oh, nice. Um, yes, it's loosely based on past life reincarnation and what to do if you sort of awaken that past life cre- uh, incarnation. Like, are you to be the person that you were in the past or do you walk and make your own new path in this life now? So it's, it's definitely still going to be in the sci-fi realm in that world as a dramatic thriller. And so we're really excited about it because um, it's definitely picking up some steam now and people are getting really excited and interested about it. So, so hopefully within the next year, we'll go into production, which would be great. Love it. Mm -hmm. So so now are you a sci-fi fan? I'm, I am a little bit of a sci-fi fan. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, it's curious because you know, when you're, when you're putting together some kind of a sci-fi show, for example, um, you know, you always wonder like how, how much of a fan, you know, is each person that's putting this together, are they fans or are they kind of like, well, we'll see what happens. And well, you know, I was just kind of curious. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, um, sense eight. I'm a oh, huge yeah. fan of anything that I was a huge fan of the fringe. Oh my goodness. Nice. The fringe. I love that show so much, but what I loved about it was just the, the elements of science, um, and sort of spirituality sort of merging together. So the quantum physics aspect of it was super interesting to me. And, um, I, I'm really into shows like that. So not so much into like the star Trek and the whatnot, but I'm more into shows that really examine what's out there. <laughs> gotcha. So now you were just in an episode on the expanse. Yes, I was. So yeah. there's some sci-fi for you. Was that yeah. uh, kind of in, in the line of, of what you're talking about? You know, The Expanse is so interesting. It's it's an amazing show that I was very lucky to have a guest star and role on. And it's incredible because they just examine this whole world that happens in outer space. Yeah. Like, and it's, this particular episode is actually set, I think it was 300 years in the future or something. So so it was a very, um, no, in the past, I'm sorry, it was 300 years in the past. So they were sort of bridging a gap between present day and past and how they came to be. So the set was unbelievable. Like the set was, was so insane to me, like what they do to make these sets and they create spaceships and oh my goodness. And I went in for the fitting and there was like moon boots, you know, like lined up everywhere. And I was like, this is so cool. And they're like, oh yeah, look at this. And they blink and they do this. And, and I'm like, what? This (laughs) is crazy. This is crazy. It's, it's such a fun experience as the artist going into that type of show where they spend weeks and weeks building one set, like just, just like one scene like that they do, they might've spent weeks building that set. 
So it's really interesting from the other perspective, like to see what actually goes into these, to making a sci-fi episode or, or a show. So yeah. it's really, really cool. And, um, working on that type of show is, is awesome because it just, as you sort of dive into your character, you really try to, ex- to examine and think about what would actually be happening if this was, you know, real. Yeah. Yeah. If I actually like. 300 years in the past, like, but in the future still, uh-huh. you know, and we're talking about launching ourselves into space and the politics of what's happening between the colonies and everything. It's sort of interesting. It's so cool to think that, you know, somewhere in the future, that really could be us. Oh, yeah. Oh, like 100 yeah. percent, you know, in the future, that really could be us. So for me as the artist, it's really mind opening as, as you're privy to the scripts, obviously way before, you know, I I worked, I shot the expanse in July of 2016. So, and you know, you sign these massive, massive publicity, like clauses that state, you can't talk about it. Not until the show airs, nothing. You can't tweet about it. You can't publicly say anything, nothing about the script. Like everything is on lockdown. Right. So it's so interesting having that perspective and being like, well, what is out there? Like what, what? And the level of science, like so much of that show is written and it's based on like factual, actual information. Mm. You know, like these, some of these things really exist. Like they're really testing these theories and, and doing them. And I just think about all these people like locked away in some room coming up with these ideas, like just (laughs) imagine. And I'm like, and those ideas, you know, I'm sure, you know, the airplane was something that, you know, nobody ever thought was going to, you know, be built. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, I was reading a quote from, from BJ Novak talking about how, you know, some of his favorite time is when they would get locked into this room and just create. Yeah. And I thought, you know, it's so funny because, you know, when we're younger, it's easy to have an imagination, you know, it's easy to be like coming up with all of these different worlds and, you know, ideas and everything. And then you get older and you get tainted by reality, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Right. And then you start to go, wow, what, what if though? You know, putting yourself into that, into that role or whatever, and trying to imagine what it would be like so that, you know, your job of course, as the artist is to go and make it believable from that standpoint exactly. too. And how do you do that? I mean, do you, do you kind of get into that imaginative mode again? And yes, a hundred percent. Um, actually I really started incorporating a lot of imagery into my work. So I would, I would essentially read the script and then I would read the scenes that I would be in. And then I would start from a different place versus just memorizing lines to be in a place where what does my character believe? And I'd actually create it. Like I keep my eyes open and I'd create her life story. I would create her relationships with her parents, her friends, uh, what, what she went to school to do. I would create, um, tragedies that happened in her life. I would create, um, her hopes and her dreams and her belief system and I think when you work from that type of image, imagery and just really create from that place, you bring an element to your work that nobody can put a finger on. Yeah. It, it changes the way you say your words. It changes your reaction to things and it becomes deeply personal. Mm. So you become, you're not acting essentially. You're living and breathing in that character's body. So when you have a response to something, it's real. 
you know, and that's the biggest thing that I've learned through creating strong imagery is that you may not be able to control the responses that you have. And, um, it, it makes for really interesting TV and, and yeah. also makes for the other actor working with you to not know what you're going to do next. Oh, I love that. So it's one of those things where you really do work off each other and you're bringing everything you can to the table because you're giving your life to this character. Mm. So, and I truly believe that as artists, for me anyways, there has to be an end game. Like every character has a story, but they have a human story, you know? So it's kind of like, what is that human story within those scenes or that episode or even that show, depending on how long, you know, you're on the show for. So, and that, that really is for me, the whole point of being an artist, you know, if I can't tell a story that is universal to somebody out there, then I kind of have no business being an artist, you know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I feel so deeply passionate about it because, you know, obviously we audition for more things than we get, um, that we actually get to do, but, you know, telling a story of a battered woman or telling a story of, um, you know, being an abusive relationship or being the abuser is, is definitely a difficult thing and rubs against who you are as an individual, but there is always an element of understanding and compassion within those stories to tell. And I think that's really important that every role that you're taking and that you're doing, that you completely immerse yourself into what that life would be like. So it's not just about being an alcoholic. It's like what led to that person mm. being an alcoholic. Yes. So you, you, you don't judge your character, mm. no matter what you do, even if your character is maniacal, even if your character is a serial killer, even if it's against like all societal norms, your job is to actually get in there and really understand what led them to that path. So, and the only way you can really do that is through strong imagery and like creating the, those memories and creating that belief system and creating that because you can't just sort of show up and do that. There's no depth in that type of performance. So we talk a lot about that. When you just watch an amazing artist on television, you're just drawn in. You don't even know why you're just mm -hmm. brought into their world and what's happening. So for me, it's always been using strong imagery to create those type of characters with depth. So wow. I, I bet that also gives you, you know, an incredible empathy as to, you know, why people do what they do in this world. And, oh, yeah. and even to understand like, you know what, let's look back at why they did this in the first place. And I, I mean, do you, do you do that? Like if you see somebody do, you know, in, in real oh, life, of course, gosh. are you in going to them, life. coming around them and helping them out? Oh my goodness. In real life, like my heart bleeds every day. Wow. Like I see people and I think to myself, wow, you're going through so much. I'm always able to see two sides to every story. That's cool. I see the outcome of like where they're at. And then I can see how they got there because my job is to understand human behavior. Yes. So, and that's my job. And I can also quickly assess if somebody is sort of stuck in victim consciousness versus they have a real desire and want to get out of the current position that they're in, in their life. So it's very difficult because artists are very empathic people. Mm -hmm. So we happen to take on a lot of what somebody's going through and watching that, you know, that experience. Yeah. It, it makes you a deeply compassionate person. And 
Um, sometimes that's not always great because, you know, you suffer personally from that. Yeah, of course. But, yeah, you do. Yeah. You do. But yeah, I can look at people and, and I, I've developed such a compassion for humanity that I never knew existed before starting to really like dive in really deep to my work as a performer. So yeah, it is hard. And, and I help a lot of people. I would say I'm quite generous with my time. Um, I believe that, you know, you have two hands, one's for giving and one's for receiving. So I do my fair share to help people. And whether that's like guidance with their career, guidance with their spirituality, guidance with just, you know, Hey, like I really, I just need to talk this problem out, you know, and that type of thing. So I believe in doing those things because at the end of the day, whatever it is you're, you're going to do in life or you love to do. I just really think that you have to be really great at life, like really great at life. Like the world doesn't owe us anything. I, you know, I don't deserve to have like, I, you know, I, I deserve a lot of wonderful, amazing things, but I don't feel entitled to those things, even though I worked really hard, you know, I don't feel entitled to those things. I, I just believe that you're going to get what, what is yours per se. And just focus on being really great at life because you have to be great at life, like all of life, you know, to be happy and successful and more, more like success for me is different too. It's not based upon money in my bank account or, or properties or anything like that. It's like, you have to be happy, you know, you have to be happy. Like you have to be happy if you're sweeping floors for a living, you have to be happy if you're washing dishes in a kitchen in a restaurant, like as long as you're happy, you're fulfilling your life purpose. You, you know? know, that's so funny that you're, you're bringing this all up. Cause you know, it's, it, it, that's exactly kind of the stuff that I talk about here on the real Brian show, you know? And, and of course like our, our Friday episodes are just fun and crazy and we have a good time, but there really is a depth to it. And um, it, you know, the idea really is that asking people where they're at in life. And I would say that the most common response, whether they actually vocalize it or, you know, you can just see it if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're just not happy. They're not content. Yeah. They don't have purpose. Yeah. They, you know, they're just kind of droning on and doing their thing. And, uh, oh, yeah. and I understand why, again, you look back at kind of what led them to that point and it's pretty obvious, but yeah, you, you know, you are so right about that, that, you know, and understanding your purpose and making sure that you're making a difference, but also having that contentment. Like I said, if you're just sweeping floors or you're, you're doing dishes, uh, you know, you're helping somebody, everybody's helping yeah. somebody somewhere. And, and, you know, can you still be happy, happy in all of that and doing what you're doing? Uh, but man, I really, I love hearing that. It, we need yeah. more people like you, Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, and I'm not perfect. Like right now, sure. you know, I'm, I'm currently residing in Toronto and I spend time in Los Angeles and, you know, my husband and I are actually just talking about now, like becoming really bi-coastal mm. and like actually, you know, spending three quarters of our time in Los Angeles and one quarter of the year here. Yeah. And, you know, why, why would we want to do that? And I said, we live in a major city hub. I live downtown Toronto. It is buzzing. It's, it's like a mini Manhattan and I love the city and I love everything about the city. Unfortunately, I just feel like it's not sort of the place I'm supposed to be in. Mm. (laughs) And I'm happy. Like I'm getting work, you know, I I'm, I'm working as an artist and I have a team of people in LA and I have a team of people here and like, everything's great. Like my life is great, but you know, there's this gnawing feeling about where you should be in the world. And 
for me, I've kind of just feel like where I feel most balanced, oddly enough, happens to be in Los Angeles. Maybe that has something to do with the ocean and the mountains. <laughs> and I'm with you on that. The fact that it's really warm there yeah. and it's hot and the sunshine, but just knowing yourself enough to know what could make you more balanced or complete in life. And it's not necessarily following the money train because that may not take you to that path, Oh yeah. but really just following what is your intuitive self saying, where do you feel you need to be? And taking a quantum leap of what I call quantum leap of trust mm -hmm. that everything will work out that, you know, you're not going to end up on the street. You're not going to, you know, there's a lot of things. It's so weird when we get panicked about things. I was just thinking about oh, this. Yeah. We get such panic about things. Yeah. You're thinking like, oh my goodness. And that's like the end of the world for us. And, <laughs> and then you actually kind of take a step back emotionally from it. And you look at it, you're like, wait a minute. Have yeah. I ever let myself down in life? No, really. Like I haven't. Have I ever gotten myself into a position where I felt like I could, could not get out of this, this situation? No, I haven't. I have always survived. I have always moved on. I have always been better, you know, and, and you kind of look at yourself and you're like, well, I have that confidence that I can take this quantum leap of trust now because I know that I'm not going to break, you yeah, know? Yeah. Oh, I know. And you're right about that. You get into that moment, but that's all you can see. You know, you're seeing, oh, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing ever. And you know what? Ever. It really could be a really bad thing, you know? Sure. Uh, yeah. There was, a, there was a comedian and, and I loved it. It was this idea, uh, you know, with the Chilean miners. Mm -hmm. That was horrible, right? Horrifying. You know, they're, yeah, horrifying. They're stuck. They don't know if they're going to survive. You know, there's, there's no, they're running out of air. They're running out of food and water and that kind of thing. Um, and the comedian was saying, you know, that his daughter was at the mall waiting for her friends and they were 15 minutes late and she started freaking out and complaining and crying. And oh my gosh, this is the worst. And he yeah. said, could you imagine those, you know, Chilean miners sitting in there yeah. going, you know, yeah. this is bad, but you know, when you're at the mall and your friends are 15 minutes late, that's the worst. That's, yeah. <laughs> it just puts everything in an interesting perspective. perspective. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. You're right. And having an attitude saying, you know what, I'll get through this no matter how hard it is. Yeah. Um, you know, and ideally you've got that community surrounding you to help you out too. Of course, you always have people to help you and yeah. you forget and nobody likes to ask for help. It's so funny because nobody ever wants oh, to ask help. <laughs> but I find that when you do, it's just like it just comes. It just comes so naturally. And yeah. I think it's really important to have a positive outlook on life and a positive mental mind frame. Yeah, You need a mindset that is so strong and so withstanding to have any, any success that you want, whether it's you're pursuing a degree in something or you're, you're in the arts or you're an athlete, you know, they have a mindset that is very disciplined, mm -hmm. um, as well as an incredible work ethic, you know, it's this marrying of those two things. And, you know, I've seen people who really are really down and out, you know, really down and turn things around because they have such a positive mental outlook. And all the most successful actors that I know are the most tormented. Of if course. You, can you know, they're the most tormented. And it's because of their mental mind frame that they continue to, to get more and to become more successful because they actually accept where they are and say, I'm a human being. 
And even though in this moment I feel like the world is ending, it's probably not. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to wake up tomorrow and the sun is going to be shining and it's a new day to start again. So there's a lot of things that I incorporate into my daily practice of being an exceptional human being, not just an artist, but Mm -hmm. I think gratitude is definitely one of them. I love that. Yes. That's, that's actually something I was talking about recently is, you know, waking up and writing down or saying or whatever, three things you're thankful for immediately before you start your day, because you know, all of the negatives can creep in if you haven't already set your mind straight. (laughs) Yes. You know, I, and I was talking about the law of attraction recently, which is, you know, I know it's been around for a while, but people are starting to talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, they are. That's so interesting. You know, and it's it's basic, right? What you put out, you get back sort of thing. But my goodness, people are out there going, well, I'm depressed and I need help. Yeah. Or I I want friends, but you know, I, blah. Yes. So for me, I, I literally get up every single day and I have a mandatory 10 things that I'm grateful for. Not 10. And it could just, 10. (laughs) And it. it could just be for the best cup of coffee that I'm having in the morning. It could be the fact that I got to have an extra snuggle with my dog. Like these are simple things that we take for granted every single day. Totally. And when you start your day from that, that place of gratitude, there's a feeling associated with it. And you start your day in that feeling state. This goes to the law of attraction. So when you start in a place of gratitude and that, it, it sort of acts like a magnet, just drawing amazing, great, positive experiences to you. And I'm a firm believer in manifesting, you know, what you want and what you desire, but it does take work. And I think that, I think it was Oprah Winfrey that said this, that gratitude is the quickest way to recourse your life. Mm. And it really resonated with me when I heard that. And I was like, it is actually, because even so, so many little things where I would be like, I'm so grateful for this unexpected gift by my friend. And the next week I'd get another gift and I'd be like, Whoa, I'm like, this is weird. I just got another little gift. And it could just be a simple thing like a book or, you know, whatever it was, or they treated me to a cup of coffee or, or a lunch, but it's very unusual how you just draw those things to you. And I don't question like when they come to me, I say, thank you. Nice. That's, you know, I don't question my deserve deservingness, my worthiness. I don't because for me, who knows what I've done in this lifetime to warrant that great cup of coffee or that awesome lunch or, you know, whatever, whatever it is, like you help people in the, in the most, what seems to be insignificant ways. And people don't forget that. So that energy swings back and forth and in, you know, into your life and out of your life. So I'm a big believer in that 10 things you're grateful for. And then I'm also a big believer in just spending some time with yourself, like being quiet and just really clearing your head and your mind and just really getting focused about what you want to do for the day and setting like an intention for the day. And just, you know, that way when you go to bed at night, you go to bed with a humble, grateful heart that you had the opportunity to do everything you wanted to do that day. And if you didn't, guess what? You get to wake up tomorrow and do it all over again. That's right. I love that. Okay. So I I like what you said there too, you know, and not like the gratitude is the quickest way to recourse your life. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't question when a gift or something like that comes your way. So I, I probably should implement that then when you said, Hey, Brian, you have a great voice. Then I should have probably said, thank you. You should have said thank you. Yes. (laughs) Cause I, uh, you know, I went on to something else and uh, you know, yeah, that's what we do. See, exactly. That's a prime example. Like you, you don't allow 
those things into you. Exactly. And yeah. you need to allow, if somebody gives you a compliment, you say, thank you. And, and not allow put yourself down. That yes. I know. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's funny because I, I, I think I've been around that, you know, when somebody compliments you now, granted, you know, I used to perform on piano a lot and for the longest time, you know, Oh, you're incredible on the piano. I'd be like, nah, I'm not, you know, or whatever, <laughs> you, know? you know, you do that for years. And then eventually I just started saying, thank you, yeah. you know? Uh, but I don't think I've ever gotten to that point, you know, because I don't get a lot of compliments on, you know, getting behind the mic just because, you know, sometimes you get feedback and people are just talking to you and that's great. But once in a while, they'll be like, they'll send a compliment. And I just haven't gotten to that point where, like you've said, thank you. Thank just you. Accept yeah, exactly. it. And without, you know, it going to your pride or whatever, you know, just accept it. Yeah. There's a humbleness that happens and you understand that every single person on this planet has a gift, totally. like every single person. Yeah. And they're sharing that gift with you every single day. And it's just, I just really believe in coming from like a humble, grateful place. The The world of acting is the most bizarre world I've ever lived in. And it's so full of ego and I want, and I'm entitled and I want this and I should get this. And why am I not getting that? And it's really easy to get into the lower parts of it. But once you get out of it and you realize like, no, I have a gift that I'm going to share with the world and I'm going to be really great at life. It's so strange how things change. Like I was saying to Lee that this year, something new has really been happening with me in my career where you know, it's April and, uh, in the first week of January, I was offered a lead in a feature film. And then very shortly after that, uh, I was offered another part on a web series called crystal clear. Mm -hmm. And then just recently when I got back from LA, I was offered, um, a guest starring role on private eyes, which is a Canadian American series, um, starring Jason Priestley. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the strangest thing because I'm like, where are these offers coming from and why are they coming now? And I'm like, (laughs) and I'm like, I'm grateful. And I say, thank you. And I accept. (laughs) I love it. I I say, you know, grateful. Thank you. I accept. Uh, And then I realized something and it's like, because people are taking notice of the work that I'm doing, but they're also taking notice in the type of person that I am. And what I bring to the table as an artist, as an individual. And let's face it, people don't want to have coffee with these stuck up, (laughs) you know, actors that are like, oh, I'm just going to go hang out in my trailer or just treat everybody on the set like garbage. And, you know, I say hello to everybody I'm working with on set from the from the featured extras to all the makeup people, the set people, all the ADs. Like it is your job to be a leader. Totally. That, that's what it means to work on a television show. Yeah. Your job is to be a leader and, and, and to be positive and to lead, you know? Yeah. That's it's, your job. It's interesting. You know, I've had quite a few interactions with different actors being, you know, uh, a panelist and, and speaker over at, or the speaker, moderator, I guess, whatever you want to call it, uh, over at the Heroes and Villains Fan Fest and all that. And so you get a lot of the actors from some of those TV shows. And, you know, some of them were wonderful, absolutely wonderful people. Some of them were great early on. And then it's kind of like, you know, as the the years went on kind of thing, as things moved forward, they started to get a little bit more self-absorbed and 
you know, I'm trying to be nice here, by the way, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I know what you're saying. And it's like, you know, you're right. Their jobs to be a leader. These fans are here to see them, yeah. whether they're into that type of uh, personality or, or whatever, you know, they may not have any relation to these people at all, but they're there to see them. And it's like, you know, that these fans deserve respect. And you just didn't see that all the time. I mean, you did with some people. It was incredible. And then others, you'd be like, wow, really? Yeah. They, you wouldn't it's, be here it, without them kind of thing. You know, I like, I just worked with Jason Priestley, who, um, if you don't know, I, I don't yeah. know how anybody wouldn't know. <laughs> he was on 90210. He's, he's such a, a beautiful human being. Oh, that's like, good. I really cannot say anything more gracious about him, but working with him, And just like he really redefined to me what it means to be a leader on a television show, Mm -hmm. to be a lead on a television show, to function within, you know, the set and the scenes and just everything, just really working with him and just being like, oh, oh, like, you know, oh, shoot, we can't remember where we started when we were saying that little bit. Okay, let's walk the scene backwards. And we walk the scene backwards and we'd get to this place. He'd be like, I think we're right here. You know, just self-directed, self-guided. And, you know, even to the point where I forgot my line and he he would tell me what my line was. Wow. (laughs) And I was like, whoa. I'm like, that is pure class and pure professionalism. And then, you know, of course, in our personal conversations while we weren't shooting, He's, he's an incredible human being and just listening to him. And I'm like, I'm so happy that you have all this success. And, and, you know, I'm sure this journey here has not been easy, you know, but he turned out well-rounded, well-grounded. And in, in the end, like he's so inspirational, like as an artist, as a human being. And I'm just like, you know, it helps you to define like who you want to be going forward and who you how you want to operate when you're working on set, how you want to treat your fans, how you want to talk to people. You know, it really, people look up to you and I've received fan mail and I've, I've always, I sign all my fan mail, um, all of it. Wow, personally. <laughs> yeah. My That's team incredible. usually sends it to me and, sure. uh, and I will sign it and send it, you know, back. Um, yeah, I really admire that. Like I admire that I've touched people and, and like affected people in a certain way and, and they feel inclined to reach out to me. I welcome that. And I think our job as performers and artists is to be sort of accessible. We are kind of in the public eye, Mm -hmm. you know, and to understand that what we do speaks volumes, what we do professionally and in our personal lives, like how we're always kind of in that public eye. So we have to really watch what we do and say, but not just watch it and do it because that's what you should do, but like, just be a good person because yeah. that's really what you should do. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Just be good. Like, just be a good person and be great at life, man. Like, you don't have, I've, I've worked with people who are terrifying. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sure. Terrifying. Haven't we all? Oh my gosh. But just absolutely. Yeah. Like, like not great people. Yeah. And I feel confident like saying that. And it's not like I'm trying to judge them or no, but it's just like, for me, this is a platform which we get to speak to many people. So when we do a role, we have that platform, we have ears and it's our responsibility to watch what we put out there. Like your, your voice impacts people and ripples like a butterfly effect 
if you're sitting out there being like, I only care about myself and, and the 12 cars that I drive and the 10 properties that I own and I don't care about anybody else, then I'm like, yeah, okay, you can have all the money you want in the world, but I would really question if you actually have true happiness inside yourself. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's, totally. it's and some people don't care for that at all. And that's okay. Like, that's, that's really okay. But I, I just kind of believe that that's, you know, you might, you might be on your deathbed one day and be like, what did I do with my life? <laughs> have I done enough? You know, yeah, like, yeah. have I done enough? Like, and that's kind of where I, I kind of sit and, you know, I, I kind of think about things too, like in life, like, yeah, okay, I'm an artist, but, and that defines me, sure. But I'm also a human being. Totally. I'm also a diverse actress. I'm also a wife. I'm also a wiener dog mama. <laughs> like I'm also many things. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Your artistry is your platform. It's your tool. It's your yeah. gifting, right? But it's not just who you are. No. Yeah. You know, I, I got to say, I really appreciate you, you, you sharing this too, because, you know, you, just hearing your example uh, and even hearing what you were saying about Jason, uh, Priestley and everything, which is really cool because I, I think the media loves to focus on all the negative crap, you know, and all yeah. the things that people do that are stupid. And, and like you said, terrorizing or mean or whatever, because, yeah. you know, that's what gets a rise out of their constituents. But you mm -hmm. don't see a lot of feature on people like you who are doing these great things, you know, who are actually being a leader and an example and an inspiration. You know, you just don't hear that much. And that's one of the things that I'm really trying to do here on this show too, is to be able to bring people on who have done stuff like that, who have been successful mm -hmm. and may not get, you know, all of the fame because like yeah. I said, the media doesn't care about that, right? They don't, they don't want to they focus don't. on the people that actually do great things because well, that's boring. Yeah. Oh, but we need it. I do see a shift changing though. I do see it's, it's starting. It's weird because I feel like the universe always operates backwards. Sometimes we have <laughs> to go through dark times in order you know, for us to really see our ways, you know, like it's so crazy what's happening in the world right now. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, why is this happening? It's so horrific and horrifying. And like, it's like, I can't even believe it. But then I realize what that, even that thought is doing to me, which is making me think about my compassion for other people. Mm -hmm. So when I really think about it and say, well, there's the positive out of the negative. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is I'm starting to really care about what's happening in the world. And I'm starting to believe that my voice matters. And if I speak up, more people will have that permission to speak up. Then things will get done. But if we don't go through all of this horrendousness, then how do we actually awaken that compassion within ourselves and that voice that says, this isn't right. We need to stand up to this. Yes. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, you know, I don't want to wear animal fur. I don't, I don't want to hear about children being, you know, bombed in other countries. I don't want to think about all the poverty that is currently happening in the city of Toronto or Los Angeles. And like, what am I going to do? So mm -hmm. these things like really act as like fire starters within ourselves. And That's true you know, that type of energy builds and it turns us into the voices of the future, you know, and that's sort of exactly how like Martin Luther King, you know, if you really like look at these historical moments, like somebody stood up, one person stood up and said, we're not going to stand for that injustice anymore. 
And it's happening already in Hollywood. Like there are a lot of injustices that are happening right now. And you see this big, huge movement towards hiring culturally diverse artists. That's like major right now in Hollywood. happening. with a very heavy focus on hiring African-American, African-Canadian artists, Mm -hmm. which is great. I'm so excited. Like I'm so excited. And, and also too, which I think they're a little slow and they're starting to realize is that, Oh my goodness, there is so many diverse actors. We've got Turkey. We've got people from Chile. We've got people from Mexico. We've got people from India. We've got people from South America, like all these different diverse cultures and ethnicities. And when I turn the TV on and I see somebody like me on TV, like a part of me like cries with happiness Mm. because we feel normal. You know, like we feel normal. We feel accepted. We feel that we're part of the global world. And when I turn the TV on and I only see one specific like group of people and they're having to be all Caucasian, it really disheartens me as an artist. But I try to look at and to see like, what is the show? What story is there too? But otherwise I turn it off. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I turn it off. I don't watch them anymore because I'm like, if you can't get it together and understand that the world is so big and there's so much cultural diversity out there, then I don't want to support those shows. And yeah. I'm the actor. Yeah, that's you know? so true. The world is big and yet so small now. And it's like, you know, we're, we're so all, small. yeah, I mean, it's, it's big in the sense there's so much out there and then small in the sense that, you know, we're, we're all a part of each other's lives now, you know, especially oh. with, with the internet and everything. It's like, man, we're, we're, we're so connected now. Countries don't keep us apart anymore. And I think that's wonderful. And I think it's great that we have that opportunity to interact more. And I agree, you know, that's one of the, one of my biggest slogans period in life. And also also on the show is that everybody should be valued equally, regardless of who they are, what they believe. You may not agree with them, right? But it doesn't matter. It's the whole idea of that each person is valued equally. And that's something that I'm trying to champion as well. And so I, yeah. I know you're doing that and that's awesome. And so what, what are you doing specifically right now to help that? Well, actually it was so funny because I was just getting ready to write a letter Ooh. to my union um, <laughs> about um, really the pay stature that's happening to Canadian artists um, here where, you know, a lot we're getting, we're experiencing a lot of American production coming to Canada right now, uh, especially based with the, with the U S dollar being the way it is. And we have a significant amount of tax breaks. And when I talk about this, people understand like an episode of say like the expanse mm-hmm. would cost like $6 million to make. Wow. <laughs> so when they come and they shoot in Canada, they're really only spending maybe 3 million. Mm. So they're saving a lot of money by shooting her. And what's kind of happening is now, I mean, I'm, I'm able to work in the United States and in Canada. So I I'm very happy to be a Canadian citizen, but also very happy to have my U S working papers. So, um, they're bringing a lot of American actors here into Canada and to do some of these roles. So, and then some of the roles that are kind of left, they're kind of saying, well, we're paying you guys by ACTRA rule, which is the union governing the body of work here. But they're actually, it's not the same as SAG, so which is the American union. So by stating that ACTRA pays this and SAG pays that, it's the same role. So why are we making 
one third, like yeah. maybe two thirds less than an American actor would be, especially because that show is being shot here in Canada. Yeah. I'm standing up for and saying, no, you guys need to start looking at your role categories and understanding and saying, if we're going to pay an American artist, 25,000, fly them in here first class, put them up in a hotel. You're only going to pay the Canadian artist 3000. I wish I Whoa. was kidding. Why? Why? Uh, well, I know why they're doing that, but it's right. not right. I mean, it's not right. And yeah. so it's really eating me up. And I was having a discussion with the lovely woman over at um, our union. And I mm. said, I think I'm going to have to write a letter. And I think that I'm going to have to band together yeah. a few other artists to speak up about this because I think this needs to stop. And I said, this is the reason why Canadian artists go to America. So you want to talk about how can we possibly have a successful career in Canada if we're not even getting paid the same thing that an American actor is getting. Mm -hmm. And why is it that the Americans are valued more for their work than we are as Canadians? Well, yeah, that's a, you know, that's a really good point. It seems like, see, and I don't understand that as well. I mean, I, I think, um, yeah. You know, you look at from a business standpoint, of course, you know, it's greed. I hate to say that, but, um, yeah. you know, it's usually a scenario where they say, well, they're willing to accept it. So we'll just pay it. Exactly. It's not and like also they've thought too, through like it either. We have no Canadian star system. Yeah. So yeah. we're self-created here yeah. and we, we really push to create our own star status and there is no Canadian star system, which, you know, is coming to a lot of controversy lately about creating a star system and and what those faces may look like and under, and things are changing now, but it's also too, like the star systems in the United States are so big and they have so many fans, so many people following them, but they can justify paying that actor 25,000 or 50,000 or 60,000 based on their fan base. I mean, you're talking about like, what was it? Um, oh my goodness. There's all this press right now with uh, Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. like, and her doing ghosts in a shell and oh my goodness about her like leading that show and how, you know, they hire these amazing artists to put people's butts in the seat. Yes. That's what they do. Yeah. And when they get backlash being like, well, she's not Asian and she's not this. Well, you know what? You Hollywood executives should have really thought about that because we are in a time where people have had enough. Yep. People that means all the people watching TV now, all the people watching Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, they're just saying, hey, I'm getting really tired of you guys taking, you know, this and turning into this and not hiring Asian Amer- Asian Asian actors mm-hmm. or, you yeah. know, South Asian actors to play in these stories. And the viewers like, are smart, too. Exactly. Yes. So we're getting smarter. Oh, yeah. So the, the viewers are getting smarter, but the artists are smarter, too, and they know yeah. that. So yeah. that's why they're fighting now. And that's why you do see an incredible shift happening in Hollywood right now. It is happening. I know it's not happening as fast as, you know, what's coming out. But and I think in television, it's really rapidly changing more so than in film, which is kind of sad. Um that you see a lot of diverse actors performing and, and telling stories of their culture and telling those stories. And those are to me are very interesting stories. I don't want to, I want to hear about those stories. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. On TV. I want to see a period piece that talks about, you know, slavery in Guyana 
mm-hmm. and how the British affected that and, and at the, the African-Americans in Guyana and also the East Indian people who went to Guyana, you know, and how that slave trade played out. I want to hear that period story put on the air. You know, I don't want to just keep hearing the same stories. I, I want to hear other <laughs> stories. Yeah. You know, that's so interesting because, you know, I went to a movie this week and, and was was looking at the previews and just going, okay, reboot, reboot, sequel, mm-hmm. sequel, reboot, yeah. tell something new. Like, come on. There are oh, all kinds okay. of stories out there that we have not heard yet. Let's like, let's do that. But you know, it's interesting, you know, that that's Hollywood. But it's even, uh, I mean, I'm seeing it in the podcasting industry, and that's something that, you know, we've talked about is a lot of us have come from radio. We've moved over yeah. into podcasting because that's the technology, but it's the same kind of thing. You've got like, you know, I like what you mentioned there, the star status. You've yeah. got certain star status and those people are valued whatever you want. And then if you don't, you know, or if you're not part of that star status, kind of like you're talking about as well with acting, then mm-hmm. you're actually treated less, you're valued less. Not even necessarily, you know, that you're given less because you have less listeners per se or whatever. It's you're actually valued and treated as less of a person and less of a value. And that's Mm -hmm. not right. I mean, I I agree. It's like you, you can't do that. And that's why I go back to the whole idea of you've got to value each person equally. Now, granted, somebody has to be qualified. They have to be good. They have to produce something Mm -hmm. excellent or else they, they can't get paid or what, you know what I mean? That's obvious. Mm -hmm. That's work. But um, yeah, you're right about that. And that's something that I'm I'm seeing across industries now and. I think people are finally starting to wise up to it and say enough yeah. because, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, earlier generations are, are well, I'm not even going to say generations. I'm going to say it's certain people, personality types, just accept status quo. Yep. It's my lot in life. Everything sucks. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm just going to deal with it. I can't get ahead. There's nothing I can do, which goes back to our you know conversation on gratitude and attitude and all that, mm-hmm. that, you know, really each person. And I, and I, again, I just talked about this on Monday. It's like this whole idea of, each person has a gift, strength, yeah. talent. We are unique. We, you know, when everybody says we're all the same, it's like, no, we're not. We're no. all different yeah. and it's a good thing. And we each have something that we have to offer this world. And we need to be proud of that. We need to be confident in that. And people need to recognize that. Yeah. hundred percent. I love what you're doing. <laughs> and, and I mean, like, that's one of the reasons Michelle Morgan and I wrote this show, the awakening. Yeah. We, we wrote it with diverse characters, like clear, like written like specifically for diverse characters and we are diverse. So we know the stories that we want to tell and to have even just to get it into development, you know, and just really put it out there. So there's this new generation of artists like actors who are starting to write and tell their own stories because we are tired of what we're seeing on television. And so these are the movers and the shakers of the future coming in and saying, I want to see something different. And, you know, creating that content and, and pushing through some doors, you know, to get it developed and sometimes even working with no budgets and low budgets and whatever else, because the story is just so important, you know, and I, and I always say to people, like, I want to see the story of, you know, black people, brown people, Asian people, white people. I want to see all their love stories. I want to see all their sad stories. I want to, I want to see like their human stories. And I want to see those stories told through many different sets of eyes. So, you know, men, women, children, like, I just don't understand why we've always been so, I, I don't get it. Like it, to me, it's baffling. I'm like, it, there's a whole big world out there. I'm like, yeah, big world. And it's like, yeah. everything is centered in this, like in Hollywood, it's crazy. Like yeah. everything is so centered in that. And then even like, 
when like Hollywood didn't even know what to do this year for pilot season. My experience for pilot season was maddening. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. Like it was so incredibly busy and they, they have so much ethnic talent. They literally don't even know what to do because they've never really started looking at them. So when Hollywood comes in, the executives and studios and whatever say, Hey, we want to cast diverse. They don't even know what to do. The casting directors don't even know what to do. They're like, Oh my, they're so overwhelmed by the amount of ethnic talent out there that they really don't know what to do with themselves. So they're just like, Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Like, what do we do? What they're running around like chickens with their heads cut off and they love it. And it's great, but there's a learning curve that's happening there. Oh yeah. Well, you know, you, like you were talking about, for example, what's going on or, you know, what happened in Guyana. It's like, you know, there's, there are so many stories within each of our countries that have never been told. And like you were talking about, even really getting into the stories within the stories, you know, the, the human, the human stories that we just never tell. So it's like, I I think it comes down to, you've got people who are putting these shows together that don't know what to do or they've never experienced it. And they're, they're simply not qualified or they're lazy. I don't know, but you know, that's one thing. Now, granted, I don't know how accurate it was just because I've never lived in that culture, but I loved Luke Cage. Yeah. Because it showed a different side of, you know, from my perspective, the United States that I've never been a part of. Yeah. And uh, now granted, did I relate to it? Not entirely just because I've never lived in those, you know, those parts of the country or anything like that. But at the same time, it's like, this is great. Like, why can't we have more of that or more integration of that in general? Now, granted, I I, I guess I could look at it from one way because I just said that is that I don't understand it because I've never lived in that culture. Yeah. It's not to say that I don't appreciate it. It's just to say that I don't get it now. Yeah. Why not learn? I'm a curious person. I enjoy learning about yeah. it, but I can see why maybe it's not as popular simply because people don't get it. And so they just go, oh, I don't know. And then they walk off. Cause again, yeah. people are, they're used to the same thing. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. Don't there's going to be a major else. learning curve happening for, yeah. you know, I just watched the, the shows that are coming out. I mean, just, wow. Like they just mind, like, Guys, if you're listening out there, this season of television is going to be insane. Yeah. It's like this, the fall shows that get picked up are going to be heavily focused on women leads, heavily focused on diversity. <laughs> There's, <my dog. laughs> There's a better point. <laughs> no worries. So heavily focused on diversity, heavily focused on women leads, driving these shows and telling these incredible stories from the female perspective. There's so much to be like for me as the artist, like reading all these pilots and being like, wow, wow, wow. Crying after like reading them. I'm just like, wow, wow. Like I I can't believe women are getting these opportunities now. I can't believe diverse actors are getting these opportunities now. My heart is so full like of excitement for the future. That's great. And I really think that, you know, be prepared. There's going to be a lot of female driven shows out there and women have all the buying power. Let's get serious here. (laughs) Yeah. Boy, isn't that true? (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. You you look at those uh, stats and it's like women are the ones who purchase things and it's like, yeah, this is a really good point. You should probably capitalize on that. (laughs) Exactly. But and exactly, exactly. Like, there's always going to be the need for male driven shows. Like Luke Cage was an amazing, like it was a great show. I love that show heavily focused on, you know, the male perspective, which Mm -hmm. is fine. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm okay with that, you know, because I'm like, now we've got some more female driven shows. So, so I'm good with that. 
Like, I'm okay with that. I don't think we're saying everything has to be female driven and ethnically diverse. I think we're saying, okay, guys, hello, maybe just a little bit more. Totally. Maybe we can just get a little, get this into balance a little bit. So, you know, one of the biggest complaints that I heard, um, and this does make sense to me is especially with the superhero shows, because, you know, people are, are big into that, that genre right now. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, as am I, but they're like, Hey, we have absolutely no problem with the diversity. Definitely. Let's have the female leads and everybody's saying, well, not everybody, but most of the people that I'm talking to are saying that. But the one problem that we've seen is when you change a character, you know, here's an iconic character and you change that. And it's like, that's not okay. (laughs) You know, cause this is what we grew up with or, you know, this is what was in the comics or whatever. And so when you start changing, it's like, we see why you did it. We understand you know, the intention here, but it does mess with the origin, which is hard. Um, so yeah, and I, I can see that and I can even agree with that and saying that I I would agree. Don't change a character, but you know, like I'm super excited for wonder woman. Yeah, this is great. We're focusing on a character, you know, and then there's, uh, what miss Marvel's coming out, Ms. Marvel. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's all these, these new movies coming out where, like you said, here's female, let's focus on the female leads and stuff. Like these are great characters that have been a part of, you know, the comic universe that have never gotten screen time. Exactly. So this exactly. is great. Yeah. I think I it's, it. it's really great. And it's, it's an exciting time to be an artist, yeah. especially of cultural diverse background. And I think that the future is very bright and I think we can expect to see a lot more color on our televisions and a lot more women and a lot more, even people with disabilities or, you know, like just this, like more equality on television, like just more equality, you know, like to me, Michael J. Fox has been like a real leader in this. And, um, you know, it's amazing. And like, he still gets his job done and he's incredible to watch, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so I really think that we are starting to get a much needed change in television And, um, so for me, if I look at what I'm doing, well, I'm going to write letters to my union. I'm writing a show. I I spend time talking about it. I don't shy away from talking about what's happening. I have to speak up and that might alienate some people. And I'm really sorry. Like, I'm really sorry for that because I don't want to alienate people. I want people to focus on how actually, how connected we actually are. And, and like that to me is, really important. Well, you know, I think, uh, you, you hear that, that when you quote polarize your message, mm-hmm. you know, that's when you have the most impact and you know, you don't have, like you said, you don't have to disrespect or, you know, you don't want to alienate anyone. You don't want to hurt anyone, but you do want to be very honest. And I think we need more honesty in this mm-hmm. world right now. And so I'm, yeah. I'm glad you're doing that because I think a lot of times, you know, and of course some, oh my gosh, somebody was just asking me the other day, you know, have you ever thought about running for politics? And I laughed. <laughs> and I thought I would be way too honest. <laughs> I just, yeah. I'm not there to pander. Like I'm going to be there up there saying, this is what I'm going to do. And either people are going to love me or mm-hmm. they're going to try to kill me. Like it's going to be that bad. But at the same time, yeah. I'm not there to hurt anyone. So I think it's really good, you know, that you're doing those things. Now I've got two quick questions and I know, um, you know, I got to let you go because you've probably got other things going on today. Yeah, I, do. <laughs> I really have enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, I know. Um, so one quick question, you, you, you mentioned this earlier, but the idea of the gratitude thing, you know, and, and your attitude and everything, I mean, our entire conversation has led to this, but what do you tell someone who is in the midst of that, you know, that, that crap, you know, they're struggling and they just can't see beyond oh. what's going on in their life. And, you know, you're saying, I'm going to cope with 10 things to be thankful for. And, and they're saying, I, I can't even, I'm trying, I'm treading water. Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. Stop, take a breath, like really breathe, 
feel your feet connected to the earth and understand that gravity is holding you on earth. And if you can just get to that moment from there and realize that, holy smokes, my feet are on the ground and I'm not like flying up into space right now, then there must be something that's out there looking out for you in some regard, whether you believe in God, universe, don't believe in anything, like something is there pulling you and keeping you grounded and safe. And oftentimes we just need to look at what it, what is it that's not making us feel safe and secure in the world and take baby steps, like put your one foot in front of the other. And if that's, I need to go for a run to get this feeling out of my body, go for a run. If that's, I need to sit and meditate for 10 minutes, sit and meditate for 10 minutes. If I need to go to yoga, go to yoga. If I need to go play basketball, play basketball. You take your steps. You put one foot in front of the other and stop looking at the overall picture. Take like, take one thing and just say, what can I do right now in this moment? You know, besides stop, take a breath, realize my feet are on the ground and I'm not floating away into space is just what can I do in this moment right now to make myself feel better that is going to be positive and good, you know? And sometimes that might be, I'm going to treat myself to an ice cream cone or whatever it is. As long as you're not harming yourself, you're taking your steps in your, in your right direction. And the point is, is to remember, never make choices out of fear-based moments in your life mm, and so fear-based emotion. Mm-hmm. Those are always the wrong choices. So just have, I always tell my brain to just shut up. Yeah. Like, I just tell it to stop. I'm just like, nope, nope, not going to listen to you. Nope, off. Like, because there's something inside of you that's much deeper and much more connected. And I think that's, call it your intuition, call it whatever, guardian angels, whatever you want. But there is something inside of you and it's deep and it's connected to something that's real. So in those moments of panic and like, I'm just like in this really awful place in my life, understand and have compassion for yourself that's a really hard thing. And whatever you've done to lead up to that moment, yes, it may be your fault. Maybe it's not your fault. Maybe you're feeling guilty for doing something and it's really unjustified, you know, is to just practice a little bit of compassion with yourself and understand that you can get out of it, that there are people to help you. You have to ask for help and you have to be willing to make a change in your life. And you have to be willing to let go of a lot of things a lot of things that aren't helping you, that are keeping you stuck. Maybe it's the people you're around, people you surround yourself with. There's a lot of things that you can do right away to bring yourself back into yourself, out of that fear, panic mode, and like into reality, you know? Some people, it's like managing money or managing their debt. Well, there's people that actually do that. There's a lot of services that can help you consolidate debt. Like, why are you trying to do everything yourself? Yeah. You know, just like understanding that there is lots of help out there and understanding that you have everything in your life to, to be successful already. You just need to activate it and like get out of the old stuff that's not working for you anymore. Like understanding and really looking at your life and being like, that is not working for me anymore. And, and being brave enough to put your foot in another direction. So, I I mean, I say this to people a lot. Like I get a lot of (laughs) people always, I feel like I'm like the glue for a lot of people, (laughs) you know, and sometimes I'm like, I'm falling apart. I can't help you. And, um, you know, it's, it's really just like understanding that this is just like 
minuscule, like this moment in our lives. And like, what do you really want for yourself? And what do you really want for your life? How do you want to be like, just make changes and they're going to be scary and they're going to be terrifying and that's okay. It's normal. That's normal to feel those things. So therapy is like a great thing. I recommend everybody go to therapy. Oh yeah. Um, just talk about those things. You're running these programs from like your childhood that like you don't even know about. Yeah. So crazy. Oh, it's so true. Yeah. 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 I love it. Andrea, thank you. You're welcome. Seriously. That was beautiful. I, and, and very powerful and very true. So, uh, thank you so much for your encouragement. Now, you know, how do you want us to get in touch with you or, or find your work or anything like that? Oh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Andrea Drapehall, A-N-D-R-E-A-D-R-E-P-A-U-L. Uh, same handle for my Instagram. And I do have a Facebook fan page. Uh, at, it's at Andrea Drapehall as well. Um, I'm going to be coming up on Private Eyes. Um, actually, I don't have the air date for that yet but I'd be up on private eyes. And then there's a web series coming up called crystal clear, which is going to be a really hilarious comedy, which is, we could always use more comedies in our oh, life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I got some other things coming down the pipeline. So I'll cool. be sure to um, keep you posted on that. Yeah, please do. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Andrew, thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate this. It's fun. See, this is why I love doing what I do. You know, I get to talk to amazing people like Andrea. So, gosh, you know, so far, I, don't, I, I mean, of course, I haven't had a bad interview just because I do handpick each person that I talk to. And so, you know, if you're going to be on a Wednesday show, there's a reason for it. So it's been a wonderful ride so far, I got to tell you. But just each time I get so excited and I had so much fun chatting with Andrea. So, Andrea, thanks again. That was wonderful. I appreciate it. Do check out what she's doing. All of her stuff, all of her links. I mean, it's pretty easy. If you just want to go to at Andrea Dre Paul, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook fan page, all of that stuff. But we'll have that in the show notes as well, links and everything. So go check out what she's doing. Some incredible things. And I actually have been wanting to watch The Expanse. I haven't done that yet. So that's on my list of shows. And I, I think it's even on like uh, Amazon Prime or something now. All right. So here's the deal. Friday, we have, of course, Superhero Friday. Anything goes day. We're going to have a good time. But I've uh, got a great story for you. Troy Heinrichs is going to be joining me. And some of you know Troy. He and I connected way back in the day on TV Talk, that whole network. And uh, he's one of the hosts of The Blacklist Exposed, which is, uh, you know, the best by far and the biggest podcast about The Blacklist. He's had some awesome opportunities to interact with some of the showrunners and the actors and all that. Has a really cool story involving the show and a fan. We're going to share that on Friday. It's powerful. It's incredible. It's encouraging. It's also a little sad, but it's really cool. Uh, and of course, you know, because it's Friday and anything goes, we're going to we're going to have fun. <laughs> As always, that's the way it's supposed to work. So thank you so much for joining me here today, though. I really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the show. As always, realbryanshow.com. Special thank you once again to Emily O'Leary for writing those blog posts and the amazing. I mean, she's so good. She's so good. Thank you. And Josh Rivers, Podcast Guy Media for the editing and the production of each of these episodes. And thank you as well. I'm The Real Brian, signing off. Have an amazing day. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.